it would be so awesome. It would be so cool if you watched the Teen Titans Go movie with us today. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Interesting choice of words. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the beat! Not the beat! Oh, oh my God. I'm a pixie pair! <laughs> okay, let's run. This is the unbearable fate of massive talent. I'm Brittany Green. And I'm Liz Kurtzman. And, uh, yeah, we watched the Teen Titans go- We watched Teen Titans go to the movies. Yes. This was from 2018. Yeah. It was released 15 years after the original series debuted in 2003. Which was just Teen Titans. And yeah. Then- they turned it into the show Teen Titans Go. Yeah, we both watched Teen Titans when yeah. we were when we were youngins. Um, not really familiar with Teen Titans Go. I remember having watched an episode or two and being like, "This isn't the same," and then <laughs> turning it off. Basically, yeah, it it's is cute. all of, it is all the same voice cast. Yes, it is, which must make that uh, Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go movie really difficult to watch with all of the characters being the same voices. I want, It would be interesting to watch because I feel like they do different sort of... They make them sound a little more mature yeah. in the original series, and in this one they're a little a more like... much. They really here. lay on some of like the vocal weirdness of the characters really yeah. heavy in a way that was like... Did they do? <laughs> it was making me wonder if they did that as much in the uh, original show, and I just like gave it a pass for some reason. But like the way that specifically Starfire and Beast, mm-hmm. Beast Boy, Beast, Beast, Beast Boy, yeah, Beast Boy, specifically like the way that they talk seemed yeah. like they were like their little a idiosyncrasies. Lot. They yeah. sort of amped up. Yeah, I think overall their voices were more cartoony. Yeah. You know, this is almost like um, more anime esque, mm-hmm. um, or maybe more like Looney Tunes esque yeah. in some ways because it's a lot sillier and a lot more like visual gags. We just watched a little clip from the old one, and um, that one, even though it was pretty silly, it, there were also a lot of serious storylines too. Right. Um, especially like the the Slade storylines. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this was... um... It's interesting, I mean, just to, like, this Slade storyline is interesting because there were pieces of it that I was like, oh, they did that in Teen Titans. Yeah. But they did it in a much sillier way this time. Right, well... Because he does have, like, the mind control thing, and mm -hmm. he mind controls Robin into turning against the rest of the group. But it's, like, via a movie about Robin, and, like, this whole, like, more, much more cartoony... And Robin's goal to try and make Slade his, like, nemesis in this. Like, that, he was Robin's nemesis. Right. In the original series. But the motivation here was just that he needed an arch nemesis so that they would make a movie about him versus, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if we got the whole backstory of Slade in the original Teen Titans cartoon, but, like, in the comic books we were just both researching about, like, the original reason in the comic books why they became arch nemeses was that like in a in a very very villain logic-y way <laughs> uh yeah. Slade blames the teen titans for the death of his son which they had nothing really to do with because but. his son took a contract to try and kill them and died 
Yeah. And it's like, then it's their fault. And it's like, okay, no. Uh, it's the hive's fault. It's yeah. The dwarf. It's your son's fault for deciding to be an assassin. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, they but, didn't even kill him, like, in the course of him trying to get them, though. No, he didn't even get to that point. He was trying to give himself superpowers or something. Yeah. And then died. So they he didn't even fight. He was trying to give him superpowers that were the same superpowers as Slade had. So it's Slade's fault. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, um, how'd you feel about Slade in the original? It's, uh, I, it's been such a long time, so mm-hmm. I can't really say, like, how I felt about him at the time, but I remember him as being pretty scary. He's very sinister. I yeah. also, problematic crush on him. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. There's something about his voice. I think I would remember if I had a crush on him. <laughs> it was the confidence. I love a confident man. Yeah. <laughs> he made a plan. He stuck to it. Yeah. He never quit. And I, you know, that's a very attractive trait. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this was the first Teen Titans movie, maybe the only Teen Titans movie that was released in theaters. Yeah. And then all the sequels have been direct to streaming. Um, And it, in many ways, is sort of parodying the, um, just like the slate of um, superhero movies. I saw a, uh, when we were getting set up here, I read this uh, review of the Teen Titans Go to the Movies that was talking about with the slew of superhero movies, we're getting the parodies now, and they sort of likened Teen Titans Go to the Movies a little bit to Deadpool. Yeah. Um, just in terms of how it sort of... Comments on the genre. Right. Yeah, it's very meta. Um, it includes, like, they do sort of a parody of Marvel's, like, opening production thing. Mm-hmm. And um, they also include... Stan Lee makes a cameo, his only DC cameo. And it's hilarious that this is it. I know, and it's very funny. And it was done, he died four months after this movie came out. Oh, wow. Um, But yeah, this is the first one. But what's really funny, I found this fact um, Stan Lee could have made. um, So, like, the joke is that he doesn't realize he's in a DC movie. And when he does, he's like, oh, I can't be in this movie. And he leaves. but there is a DC Comics character based on Stan Lee called um, Funky Flashman. <laughs> He's a comedic villain who's flamboyant and conniving, and he would be—he wanted to be a talent promoter. And he was created by Jack Kirby um, because he was um, had some bitterness towards Stan Lee for the way he was treated at Marvel, um, and sort of, as we know, there's sort of an ongoing debate about like the legacy of. Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby. Um, so they could have just had a uh, funky Flashman in there and Stan Lee could have done the voice for that. That would have been, been a hilarious... Two people would have gotten that joke. You'd have to be a super nerd, yeah. Yeah, somebody would have gotten it and loved it. Um, but uh, in other sort of similar... Um, I was telling you, uh, Slade in the cartoons is actually Deathstroke from the comics, but they don't use the name Deathstroke because that is like too, uh, they don't want any characters to have the death in it in a kid's show, even though the old one, the the original was pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, Well, frankly, even in this one, there were some casualties in this movie. Oh my God. There's some wild casualties in this movie. They're very sort of, um, uh, casual about murdering people. Yeah. 
in a pretty funny way. But it is funny. <laughs> uh, but one of the things everyone keeps calling him Deadpool in this movie, um, and he says, "No, I was around first, which is true. Marvel Comics straight up stole Deathstroke and did Deadpool, and in fact." In the comics, his character, like, his real name is Slade Wilson, and they just named Deadpool Wade Wilson. Oh, wow. But. <laughs> That's crazy. And then she's called, and then, the, you know, the big reveal is Jade Wilson is um, actually also Slade. Um, so it's, but now Deadpool is much more famous than Deathstroke, yeah. I would say, in the zeitgeist. Does Deathstroke, uh, does Death, is Deathstroke zany? In no, the comics, not at he's all. He's very serious. Because Deadpool is pretty much always like he's yeah. I think Deadpool when he started, he wasn't as silly. Yeah, he didn't have all of the like breaking the fourth wall and stuff until a little bit later. Um, oh my god, what's the name of the oh Rob Liefeld is the artist that straight up stole him. And Rob Liefeld is infamous in comic book world for many things, but one of them is just stealing character designs mm-hmm. um, and also not being able to draw feet. And also not putting too many pouches on people's costumes. Um, if you've ever seen that weird drawing of Captain America where his chest is sticking out, like, it looks like it's three feet wide. Interesting. That is Rob Liefeld. Um, there are, there's a whole website dedicated to just trashing Rob Liefeld's drawings. And we, we love it. Um, I'm a big Rob Liefeld hater. hater. Um, oh, this one? That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's him. And somehow you can see both nipples of Captain America, even though he's standing in profile. (laughs) It's incredible. And when he draws characters, they have teeny tiny little dainty feet. So he usually hides feet behind other stuff. Um, It's so good. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with Rob Liefeld, please look him up. You'll get a good laugh out of some of his stuff. And, you know, maybe he'll get a good anatomy lesson one day about how the human body works. Um, Seems unlikely at this point. Yeah. But most people probably know Deathstroke because he was played by Will Smith in Suicide Squad and then by Idris Elba in the sequel to Suicide Squad. Um, So he's much more serious in that role. He's just like a serious assassin guy. Okay. Yep. Um, So yeah, he was straight up stolen, um, which I find very funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And this is Nicolas Cage's fifth animated movie. And how did you feel about his part? I was glad. He was actually kind of smattered throughout the movie. And I yeah. was worried that, like, that little section at the beginning was going to be all the Nicolas Cage Me that we got. Too. And I was like, is this really worth it? And then, you I know, it, it. kind of was. I thought it was very funny. Um, he he doesn't really... He's doing very, like, sort of straight... Um, he's not really doing anything zany with his voice. No. And, it, and the, it's sort of going the other way, where he's being, like, so you know, white bread sort of. Just melds in. Yes. Um, but we do think that maybe Nicolas Cage did... One of the... Sound effects? Did some of the sound effects? Yeah, where... So there was, like, a point in the movie where they were doing, like, boom, bang, zow, like, when they were beating up uh, I, yeah. Slade the first time, right? No, no, no. It's when they're trying to go back in time. Oh, yeah, back in time. And they're trying to get rad enough to, like, break the time yeah. barrier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's like, I think it's his voice. What does he say? Gnarly. Uh, Sick. Sick. Gnarly. And then the last one is red. And 
it was definitely there was a voice filter on it, but one of them sounded enough like Nick Cage that we were like, wait a minute, is that him? I'm pretty sure that's Nick Cage, and they're running his voice through a filter. Yeah, why not? Um, which you know, you got him there. No one why does not? sound effects better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I I thought he was great. He really liked calling them, what was it, uh, goof, goofsters? Goofsters, yeah. Goofsters. He says you I guys are a bunch heard. of goofsters. And like, he says it at least three times. Yeah, several times. Um, I loved that. Uh, I also loved when the movie started and there's like a sign that said Jump City, which is apparently the city they live in. And then the tagline was safer than Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> where is... Oh, where... Superman... Where does Superman live? Uh, he... Metropolis. Metropolis. Which is supposed to be, I think, New York City. Gotham. Gotham is more like Chicago, I think. Yeah, that seems right. I feel like I've done my channel. Um, Gotham's Pittsburgh. (laughs) It was in one of the... It was in, I think, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah, because the first two were Chicago. Yeah. And then they just randomly switched it. And it's super obvious in the third one that it's Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've seen it in a while. I haven't seen it since I've lived here. But they here. do, uh, like, the stadium is definitely Heinz Stadium. I knew the stadium was because I saw And this... you will notice that Gotham's colors for their sports team are black and yellow. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a montage someone did of movies that were shot here, mm-hmm. the scenes that were shot here, and I, they had that scene in there. And I was like, oh, yeah. There's a few movies that I really wanted to watch since movies to Pittsburgh and like I've been here for nearly a decade now and I still have yet to cross those movies off my list one of them being Silence of the Lambs I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs not since moving to Pittsburgh okay Okay. not Um, in the last decade yeah that but that's in Pittsburgh yeah and apparently the exterior of the like quote unquote prison the exterior shot that's the soldiers and sailors memorial Yeah. Um, I've, I have been on a tour of the um, uh, entomology department at the Carnegie Museums mm-hmm. uh, because I used to work there. But, um, <laughs> but we got to go on a tour back there and the same guy that was working in the entomology department back when they filmed it is still there, of course. And um, he's got a picture of him with Jodie Foster and the moths. Nice. Because that was not the Smithsonian. That was the Carnegie Museum of Natural History that that was. Um, Did you get to meet Tim Pierce? You know, I might have, but this would have been well before he was famous. Well, before he was was, uh, social media famous. Yeah. He's a treasure. I saw him on the balloon. I saw him on the base... (laughs) The bus once, and I yeah. was like, <gasps> Tim Pierce, <Pierce's> celebrity. <laughs> celebrity sighting, celebrity snail man. <laughs> he's, he's such a goober. Uh, he's very wholesome, and he just tells snail jokes online. Yeah, if you don't know who Tim Pierce from the Carnegie Museum of Natural History is, go on TikTok, look him up, watch every video. Watch every video. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you can watch it with your mom. You can the whole family, the whole family, the whole family with your snails. You can watch it with your babies. Mm -hmm. Babies don't care. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about this cast real quick. Oh my god! In addition to Nick Cage as Superman, um, we have Jimmy Kimmel as (laughs) Batman. I love that Patton Oswalt is Adam because I think Adam speaks two lines. I yeah, he's the whole movie. They're both jokes. Yeah. 
Um, uh, Greg Davies' Balloon Man was a funny one to me. Because yeah. I like Greg Davies, but I think most people have no idea who that is. It was a good voice for a uh, supervillain. Oh, he was great. I loved Balloon Man. Me Balloon too. Balloon Man was an incredible scene. <laughs> um, Halsey as Wonder Woman. What a wild choice. Yeah. Uh, Will Arnett's Deathstroke uh, and Kristen Bell as Jade Wilson. Those are probably the two bigger roles. And <laughs> Michael Bolton as Tiger. As the tiger, the singing tiger, tiger that sings the upbeat song. There were two or three songs in this movie. Just two, right? No, there's more than that. There's there more? was like three or four. Oh man! Because there was like I was really the- only remember the rap that happens like two or three times in the movie. Yeah, there's the rap, and then there's the Michael Bolton song with there's the, the tiger. Michael Bolton song. There's the "It Would Be So Awesome" song. Oh, of course. How did I? And I feel like yeah. there's one more, but I can't think of what it was. Oh, we haven't gotten to. Uh, Lil Yachty, <laughs> Yachty is the Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. And also maybe does the reprise again at the end at of the At the end rap. over the or the But we, we haven't verified that yet. And then Will Wheaton is the Flash. Oh, and did you know this? Do you know who Bruce Wayne, what, baby Bruce Wayne Hang on, is? Lil Yachty does do a remix of... Uh, of course he does. So that is almost certainly him at the end. Do Sorry. you know who did the voice of young Bruce Wayne? Young Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he's got one line. Oh, I do know this. This is not me guessing. Yeah, but it is. You might already know this. Yeah, it is Cal L, right? Yeah, it was his his uh, film debut. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that made me laugh that he got one line in this movie. Um. Yeah, the Balloon Man opening scene is one of my favorite scenes. I thought that was such a funny villain, and then he throws like animal or balloon animals at them. Is was great, <laughs> um, but yeah, we open with them trying to stop the balloon man heist, and and it doesn't work because they get distracted and do a rap, and instead the Justice League shows up and stops him, and that's when we meet all of our grown up superheroes, including our man. Mostly, so it's definitely Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern are there, right? I don't think I Batman think that's it. At the be- oh, yeah, I think you might be right. I don't think Batman is in that scene. Um. Yeah, because so they're all like floating. They're all flying. Yeah, and she's in her plane. Um, but we—that's where we get most of the Nicolas Cage lines. And he says "ta ta" to them when he leaves. <laughs> Not a very Superman way to say goodbye. Um, I think Ta-ta. they're going like hard into the like Boy Scout like um, upright, you know, sort of white bread mm-hmm. dude. Um, he also gets to call. Lois Lane, later he calls her his sweet dewdrop. <laughs> um, and they do some little funny jokes. I guess the part where Nick, where Superman says, somebody save me, when he is frustrated with them, I guess that's a reference to one of the Superman, Superman shows. The theme song is Somebody Save Me. Hmm. I didn't watch whatever Superman's show that was. That seemed like something that might have been a throwaway reference, but the way that... Because it seemed odd. Yes, exactly. Because when I, I read it, I was like... It's like, that's that, not an expression. Yeah. When he, when I read it, I was like, that could not be a reference. But then when I watched it, I was like, it has to be a reference because it's such an awkward thing to say. Yeah. Like, instead of, like, I don't know, somebody help me, right? Or Yeah. I, it's, it, the way that it, it was delivered was almost like somebody stopped me from the mess. Yes. Yes, that's what I thought, too. Like, somebody stop me. Instead, he said, somebody help me. And I'm like, 
Okay, very Can natural. Somebody save me. Yeah, somebody save me. Um, very natural delivery of that. Very natural human it was, expression. The way he was saying it was like the way that you would say, "Give me a break" or something as you yes. like, walk away. Because that's really what you would say. Yeah, is give me a break. Yeah, when you're frustrated with a group of people, um, and instead they were like, "We'll put in this little reference," and it's not very. It doesn't really trip off the tongue. Well, especially when you think about how this movie is meant for like ten year olds who probably haven't seen the Superman show with that like. Yeah, but there it's, are a lot of jokes on I was in gonna there, say, obviously, that are like for older people. Yeah, it's one but. of those where it's like very silly, so little kids will like it. But then there's also a lot of grown up jokes that right. are for the parents. Well, yeah, because I, I feel like parody is probably a concept that young kids are not going to get, especially. Oh, not me. I loved parody. Yeah. Um. <laughs> As like, a how child, old are you? what what age do children start appreciating parody? For me, it was five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it is Teen Titans. I don't know what the target age group for that is. I don't know what the, who this is meant for. To be honest, I'm not sure what age group. All age groups. Yeah, I feel like it'd be for fine, everyone. fine mostly for anybody as long as you're okay There's with a lo- watching There's a Lion like, King g- dream that feels like a Intentionally go back and destroy a planet, then, you know. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a dream he has. It's like the Lion King right. set or parody. Yeah. I feel like that's like the joke kids will get. Kids will get that. Yeah. Um, but, okay, yeah, so one of the early conflicts, even, I thought this was going to be the crux of the movie, and it just ends up being, like, a ten-minute joke, if that, is when they go back in time, because Robin wants his own movie. That's, like, the whole, that's the whole plot of this film, is that he, all these superhero movies are getting made, and Robin wants one for him, but he's just a sidekick, and they don't make movies about sidekicks, even though they're making a movie about Alfred, um, which they did make a show after this called Pennyworth. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's part of the joke. I don't know if that... I guess it probably was planned by the time this came out. I mean, not not necessarily that, but the fact that they're making a movie about Alfred is like, they'll make a movie about anybody. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were right. Yeah. Um, so he is trying to... He tries to get them to, to be make a movie about him, and they're like, well, you've got to be, um, you know, more... I, the only way I would make a superhero movie about you is if every other superhero on Earth didn't exist. Yes. So hit the grand plan is they're going to go back in time and stop all the superheroes from becoming superheroes, which for like half of the ones we see means it's saving them. And the other half is not so great. Um, yeah. Cause they go back in time and they, uh, save Krypton. Yes. Then after super, well, wait, 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 the way they save Krypton. Oh my God. <laughs> So this I is guess based I shouldn't on, blaze over it. You can't glaze this over this. This is the this. other song that we couldn't think <laughs> this of. This is the other song. Because it is a full length. Yeah, this is, um, they, they go back to Krypton and it is like the Marlon Brando, uh, I don't remember, Jor-El? I don't remember. Yeah, Jor-El. I think that's his name. Um, they are getting ready to, to send Superman Baby off into space because they can't get the tone crystals. I don't remember this part of the movie. Um. And so the Teen Titans are like, we can get the Tone Crystals right. And then they basically do an EDM show on the Tone Crystals. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it saves the whole planet of Krypton. And, like, great job, guys. And then the next one is Wonder Woman. No. Is it Batman next? Next one's Batman, I think. Or Batman, the last- they just point his parents down Happy Alley instead, instead of-, of Crime Alley. <laughs> yes. Which, in retrospect... 
I don't know why they didn't just take that didn't route to see begin that with. In the first place. Um, and then they're, like, mean to Wonder Woman and steal her lasso. And apparently that's enough to keep her from being a Wonder Woman. And then they kill and then, wait, but they, they kill Aquaman by throwing one of those six ring... The six pack rings. The six pack so rings into the like ocean. <laughs> and I was like, that's so messed up. Um, and then, of course, they go back to the present and it's anarchy and all the supervillains are blowing things up and there's crime everywhere. So there's an option for me to put a question into um, Spotify when people listen to this. Yeah. And one thing I would like to know, and maybe I'll put this in Please. as our question, is how many people have cut the rings on their six-pack plastic things as a result of seeing, like, the PSAs when they were kids about, like, sea turtles getting tangled up I'll in the six-pack I'll tell six you what, rings. I do. I do, too. I was in the Giant Eagle parking like, lot, life. and there were four of those laying on the ground, uncut. Just dirty trash on the ground. I stopped to pick those up and ripped them up because I was like, can't no, ha- sea, no turtles. sea turtles are going to die today. Not on my watch. <laughs> this is the most effective uh, campaign I think that's like ever been run. Chop up your six pack rings so the turtles don't get tangled. Yeah. I mean, like, who made that? What are they doing? We, sh- we needed them in COVID to like spread. I know. <laughs> To spread information. Wear a mask. Yeah. Wash your hands. Get a vaccine. Like, they should have been running that. Um, Yeah, so for one, it's me. I do it. So there's two people here. Two two out of two so far. Two out of two. 100%. 100% so far. Um, And if you're listening, you better cut up your rings, too. If you don't, start now. Um, Otherwise, Aquaman, baby Aquaman will get tangled up in it and die. Aquaman will die. Um, which then they go back again once they see that they screwed up the present. They go back and undo everything they did. Which so they went, go back and destroy Krypton. <laughs> they destroy Krypton. Uh, the darkest one for me, I think, is when they put a pearl necklace on Bruce Wayne's mom and shove them into Crime Alley <laughs> to be killed in front of Bruce Wayne. Um, and then they give Wonder Woman back her jump rope and uh, pull. Uh, Aquaman out of the ocean and take the rings off him and um, that apparently puts everything back to rights and that's I thought that was going to be the rest of the movie and that's like 10 minutes maybe and then that part's over and I said oh okay (laughs) Um, you know what they could have done so that it would feel I mean like obviously for the joke um, but they could have just gone back in time to before they had decided to go and do that and say hey don't do that oh of course that's all it would take. <laughs> Absolutely. But instead, we got it, I mean, a very it, it funny montage. visual joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so then, you know, the next thing that they try is um, Jade Wilson tells Robin that um, he needs a nemesis, right? Yeah, that's one of the things that she says she yeah. would make her want to make a movie about him. At what point do you think... So we've already said that Jade Wilson and Slade are the same, yeah. right? At what point do you think... Jade, was Jade Wilson and Slade the whole time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because her plan was to make all of these superhero movies so that the superheroes are not doing their jobs. So I right. think that... And then she's creating this doomsday device, which is basically like Netflix, um, to stream all these superhero movies with like embedded messages to the people to hypnotize them 
Did That's she the big have plan. to make a bunch of superhero movies to yes. get to the point in her career where she... And well, she also was kind of already... She was already getting the superheroes to build her doomsday device for her. But they were... Were they hypnotized yet or not? They weren't hypnotized so. until the end? Well, stardom blinds us all. I mean, it happened to Robin in this it film. It happen to Robin. We saw it happen to him. It must have happened to the rest of them, too. Yeah. It does. It does it mean that like superheroes would be smart enough to know if they're building like a streaming device versus a doomsday device? Absolutely not. They're very. Dumb. A lot of them are like very technologically savvy. Mm-mm. Couldn't be. Um, it does imply that maybe uh, Slade went to film school <laughs> <laughs> and created this whole career in order to As be like Jade Wilson. In order to be placed so that they she could make all these films. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. It'd be incredible like if work. all of a sudden Taika Waititi was just <laughs> actually a super villain. <laughs> and it's just like a 30 some year career that was all leading up to hypnotizing us yeah. with the next season of Our Flag Means Death or something. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get me. Um, yeah, and uh, the. Oh, I forgot what I was going to. Going to next. Doomsday. Doomsday. Going back in time. Uh, Superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. We didn't talk about the that they've been, like, meeting Slade and fighting him throughout this film. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we did the reveal of, of um, Jade is Slade, but, like, they have repeatedly been running into him stealing this crystal and charging it up and, and creating this device and not realizing that he is the one behind all the movies and stuff. Um, and the brilliant plan that Slade slash Jade does is give Robin a movie that is the being filmed in the actual Teen Titans Tower. Oh, no, it isn't. No, she knocks him she out knocks with him the out. light. And then when he comes to, they're in the Teen Titans and Tower. He thinks and he thinks they're on the shooting. set. Yeah. Got it. That's, yep, you're right. Um, yeah, she turns the Teen, Titan, t- Teen Titans against each other and then gets him to reveal the, get her into the vault where they've, you know, hidden the crystal that they stole. Um, and there is this, like, I knew it was going to come back around, the Chekhov's homemade video. Yeah. <laughs> because at the beginning, when he's really upset, that they didn't... You know what I didn't know was going to come back around? What? Baby Hands. Baby Hands ended up being a big part of this film. It ended up being a big, big callback. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes about Baby Hands. Yeah. There's at least four. Because they well, make the Baby the Hands... Rap. Is it? Oh, it's in the wrap. Um, he gets adult hands when he is filming. Right. And then he's... Prior to that, the Cyclops is the first one that brings him up. Yes. And he says, like, then I'll be a, a star with great hair and a, normal adult hands. Yeah. Um, and then he uses his baby hands to slip out of a trap. And then at the end, he has, like, big robot hands that he uses in the right. fight. Um, so baby hands was an important part of this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they make this, like, stop-motion felt video of Robin's life and how much he means to them. And, of course, like, they try to play it for him at the beginning, which was super cute. And he was like, no, I want a real movie. And he didn't finish watching it. You don't take it. me seriously because he didn't get past the part where they were talking about him when he's a baby with baby hands. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, of course, like, it comes back at the end. And when he's, like, hypnotized, uh, they play it. And he it breaks his hypnotism. 
because he loves them. Yeah. And then they beat up on giant dead, not Deadpool, <laughs> giant Slade, and in a giant robot. Um, and uh, of course they win. And um, oh, the Batman chasing was maybe my favorite part of that end, though. When Bat- the Batman is chasing, like hypnotized Batman is chasing them. <laughs> Bless you. Oh yeah, that was great. And the Batmobile, and then they blow it up, and then it's like the Bat motorcycle, and then they blow it up again, and it's like a it's like a scooter, scooter. and then it turns into uh, roller skates. Roller skates. And then I think it was just Alfred, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think he's riding Alfred. He's <laughs> riding Alfred. Uh, that was my favorite visual joke. That was really good. <laughs> Starfire's like, Batman can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. Um, oh, they also stopped the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from mutating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the montage of stopping superheroes from being made, they they're, like, crawling them, towards the ooze the and they just, like, turn them the away from it. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's fun. It's a silly little movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles DC? No. Oh, wait. Okay, this is an important question because they were actually made as a parody of um, Daredevil. and That's Marvel. Which was Marvel. um, And it was like an ultra-violent comic that was like parodying how dark Deadpool was. Um, It was... It was a comic book. <laughs> Mirage. So I guess it is neither. All right. It wasn't Marvel or DC, DC. And I think maybe Mirage might be owned by DC now, but I'm not sure. Um, or maybe that's Image. Um, yeah. So it wasn't part of either one. So I guess they just kind of got to include it anyway. It's such a, it's like definitely a reference not showing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. too. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. They probably can legally do that because they didn't show us it them mutated. Right. Um, they just showed us four turtles watch, walking towards a green puddle. <laughs> um, yeah. Plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. They'd be like, those were other turtles. And that <laughs> green stuff... Um, it was a puddle. That was Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't ooze at all. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It was fun. There's not, there's not really much Nick Cage in it, but his part was fun. Yeah. So, if you, it's, an, it's a crisp... 90 minutes. Very crispy. Which we love. So if you need something to watch, you know, you can watch that. They did tease during the credits. Um, that the original Teen Titans are back. And they're going to fight them in the next movie. So I kind of want to see that just because I really liked the original. Yeah. Um, I like we'll having see. two animation styles fighting each other. That's fun. That's fun. I'm pretty sure that the next one is only like 80 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Even crispier. Even crispier. <laughs> um, yeah. So, any other? Oh, what, did does this have like a rating or anything? It does. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it managed to make it that far. It did. It was in the theaters. It was in the theaters. It was in the theaters. Um. So people liked this movie. It was pretty good. Um. It has a ninety-one percent fresh. Oh wow! From critics. And it has a 71% audience score. That makes sense. Because people like the original Teen Titans better. <laughs> that, that's probably true. That is probably exactly why. Um, but yeah, the uh, the critics liked it, you know? It's doing what it wants to do. It's, it's fun. So I read this one review 
um, that is from The Age, which is an Australian Ooh, publication. Okay. And it was because I wanted more context to this blurb that is on Rotten Tomatoes okay. um, from this review. And I found that the review itself didn't actually provide more context oh. because I don't know what this person means. Okay. Um, it says, The Hollywood Teen Titans Go initially looks more progressive than its real-life counterpart, but the climax gives this a rather different spin. And that is, like, the last line of the uh, article. <laughs> like, what? that doesn't, like, go on to explain itself. They're just like, and that's self-evident. I don't need to say anything more about that. What are they talking about? That's why I wanted, that's why I clicked on it. And it I have no idea. I, is the counterpart the original comic? Or, or the original? The Hollywood Teen Titans Go. Which is based on the TV show. Right. So are they talking about the Teen Titans Go TV show, or the earlier TV show, or the comics? I have no idea. And what do they mean about the progressive, like, how What do they mean by real life counterpart? <laughs> That's the other thing, is I'm like, I, the real life part is the part that I'm like... Does this person think that the Teen Titans are real? <laughs> <laughs> does, does this person think that... Like, they are the Justice League or something? Like, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. All right. What There's a mean? little bit more context. That is the last That is the last sentence of the article. Okay. And most of it is, I think I sort of referenced this before, but it's sort of referencing that it's a satire. Uh-huh. And most of the rest of this is not poking fun at... Most of the rest of this is not about politics at all. But okay. this does give a little bit more context of what he's getting at. He says, more provocative still is the portrayal of Jade, given the widespread perception of superhero cinema as a male playground and the subsequent er, and the consequent push to have more women let into the game. What? <laughs> like, what is... I no. This movie's not a political No, statement. it's not. They just made it a, a woman to throw you off that it was Slade. Yeah. They're not making any sort of political commentary there. They were just like, it'll be more shocking if this dainty woman ends up being slayed. Yeah, it's... It's... Wow. They're stretching. They're stretching real hard with this one. Sometimes it feels like... Some critics are, like, trying really hard to find meaning in everything. And sometimes a movie is just a silly movie. You know, you can be like, oh, this is parodying superhero movies because we've had maybe too many superhero movies, right? Yeah. And also, it I mean, like, the real message is, like, don't don't invest so much in public perception. Instead, invest yourself in the people who care about you, right? That's the real message of the film. Yeah. That's all you have to talk about. You don't have to try and make this a political film. It feels like all the, like, um, when conservatives get really mad about movies now and claim that they're woke and then you're like what's woke about this movie and they're like there's a woman in it <laughs> which is basically what this one's doing except it's like not progressive enough to just put a woman in there i don't know let me redo this other part okay please um still on the understanding that everything here is just for laughs Mikhail and Horvath are able to get away with more subversion than might be expected more certainly than you'll find in the lego batman movie or incredibles 2 and as in a distinctly modern way, the satirical target is not just superhero movies, but the heated responses to them online. 
uh, Robin serves as a caricature of entitled fanboy with a chip on his shoulder and a rigid set of views about what he wants to see on screen, which I at first was like, yeah, okay, but doesn't Robin just want to, just be, to be a famous. superhero? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really want... He doesn't really care about the it movie doesn't following seem like he cares about the movie. certain beats. He just wants to be like, I want to have cool hair, and I want to have big hands, and, you know, yeah. I want my booty to be on television and 3D. This feels like a stretch. This is a real make. stretch. Because I do agree that there are some things that are really subversive in this movie that you won't get. That, yeah, the other the other things they named um, don't even do. Because, like, the scene where they kill Aquaman... With us, like a pop six ring is crazy. Not yeah, but they're able to do it because it's this like goofy um, animation style uh, that is super super unrealistic. Right, and so they yeah they can get away with some other stuff, but it is for joke's sake and not for like political sake. It's leaning into the Warner Brothers aesthetic. Yeah, of like and this killing is people Brothers with product. mallets, right? Exactly. Um, it, you know, looking back on that, it's horrifying if you think about Looney Tunes being literal because people die in horrible ways, but it's a silly cartoon. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, they're trying, they're really trying with that. And I got to say, I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree either. I just thought I would bring it up because I'm, wow. I'm confused. This movie is so it. much deeper than I thought. Anyways. Wow. I can't believe I didn't see those messages. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, well, I think it's time for, uh, Inside the Cage. Beautiful. Thank you. That's my Superman, um, sort of impression. (laughs) But, like, the music, you know, just, like, the the sort of style. Anyway, um, (laughs) Inside Inside the Cages we're going to talk about, I saw the Flash movie. I have not seen the Flash movie, but I'm excited for you to tell me all about it. Okay, so uh, we had debated doing briefly. We had not debated even. We gone. Are we going to have to cover the Flash movie? I'm glad that you saw the Flash movie so that we can sort of cover the Flash movie right now. Yes, I don't think we need to cover it because let me tell you, uh, as you probably know by now, there is a Nicolas Cage cameo in this movie. Um, And it is... Uh, a reference to Superman Lives, the Nicolas Cage superhero movie, or Superman movie from the 90s that was never made. Um, The Flash movie is fine. It's long. It feels long. And I didn't want to, like... I was not not interested in it. It's not crispy. It is sort (laughs) of soft and flabby. Um, And I didn't really want to see this movie. I didn't want to pay money for it because of everything that's gone on with, like, Ezra Miller. And also, it just didn't look that interesting to me. But I was at someone's house, and the person who shares their iTunes with them had bought it. And we went, okay, we'll watch it. Um, Yeah, it's fine. It's just sort of a lot. And the cameos in it are way more fun than, like, everything that's going on with Ezra Miller, who plays, like, multiple characters in the film. So it gets kind of annoying um, be yeah. honest. Like, I, I found his um, Flash Nerd. annoying. Yeah. And in this movie, almost he's almost, like, coded as autistic. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. And my... Actually, in fact, my sister-in-law was like, is he supposed to be autistic? And I was like, I don't think so, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, so, it's, it's a, it's a, a multiverse kind of thing where... Um, 
Flash uh, accidentally creates multiple timelines because he goes, figures out how to travel in time with his powers and stops his mom from dying, which is his whole, like, motivation for eventually becoming, that leads him to eventually becoming the Flash. Um, so he saves his mom, but then, of course, things are messed up in the future because he's he's changed the past. And um, they meet Michael Keaton Batman, who's great. I loved it. Except that he is way too spry for, like, a 70-year-old man. Um, we also got Supergirl, who's great. Uh, and then there's this part at the end where, like, they're sort of fracturing time over and over again by trying to just change this moment. And as it's happening, you start to see all these little different bubbles of time. Is and that I'll, when Nicolas Cage... That's when you see Nicolas okay. Cage. So he doesn't even speak. Okay. It's truly 30 seconds. And it's, like, digitally de-aged, too. So, like, what he's doing, he is in the outfit that we've seen in the pictures of um, the Superman Lives, the test mm-hmm. promo pictures, um, with the long hair. And he is fighting a giant spider, which is oh, yeah, what they yeah. wanted the climax of that movie to be. Yeah. Um, so he's fighting this giant spider, and he, like, turns around and, like, smiles. And that's it. That's the whole cameo. It's the same uh, spider as as ended up in Wild Wild West. Yes. Yeah. So there's actually a whole documentary, I didn't realize this, about that movie that was never made. It's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? And it was released in 2015. And this was supposed to be a reboot of the Superman film series um, based on the 1992 run called The Death of Superman. Um, And it was supposed to start filming in 1998, directed by Tim Burton and produced by, um, oh, what's his first name? Uh, John Schnepp. And um, they canceled the movie before, like, two weeks before I can't remember how, but wasn't Kevin Smith somehow in... I think he was a writer. Okay. I think he wrote the script. Because the reason I know a lot of the story is from listening to him talk about it on Smodcast. Yeah, I'm I'm on the, like, Wikipedia page, and I don't see... Oh, yeah, so he was supposed to be the writer. Okay. uh, Along with Dan Gilroy. Um, And... It was also supposed to include Christopher Walken as Brainiac, the the villain. Um, Lois Lane was going to be either Courtney Cox or Sandra Bullock. And they also wanted Lex Luthor and Doomsday to be in it. Is Brainiac the villain that Nicolas Cage said that he wanted to play? No, that was a Batman villain. Well, I mean, he's... Brainiac. Yeah, it's DC. He's he's fought both of them. Okay. But is that the same one? I assume so. I don't know. Um, I don't. I. I don't know DC as well as Marvel. Yeah, but we talked about this on the podcast because this was a news article where people were asking him what supervillain he wanted to. Play. It makes sense because he loves DC. Yeah. Um. I don't know why he particularly landed on Brainiac, but well, maybe because he was the villain he was supposed to fight in his movie. Maybe now he's older. He's like, oh, I just want to play with Brainiac. Yeah. Um. Um. They they deliberately were going to cast Nick Cage because they wanted to get away from the sort of like big, far, like, himbo, you know, sort of image. No, he wanted to play Egghead. I, oh, I don't even know who, I don't even know who Egghead is. Egghead was originally played by Vincent Price in the TV show. Oh, hell yeah. I love Vincent Price. <laughs> I think we did talk about this, and I was like, I gotta look it up, and I hadn't. <laughs> um, yeah, and they wanted... Egghead, to... Brainiac, you can see where I got there. I understand how you got there. <laughs> Um, but they wanted their Superman to be a little bit more. It was going to be dark and edgy, right? And he was going to be yeah. a little edgier, so they cast Nick Cage. Um, 
But yeah, Peters went on to produce Wild Wild West instead, and so he used the giant mechanical spider in that movie. Yeah. Because um, apparently he just really wanted a giant spider. Yeah. He must have loved the second Harry Potter movie. If, you, if, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this and you're interested in this topic at all, you should listen to this podcast where Kevin Smith talks about it because he paints this guy as just, like, obsessed with this mechanical spider and it's really funny. <laughs> he obviously was. Um, it also is rumored... Uh, Kevin Smith has also said that John Peters did not want Superman to fly and he didn't want him to wear his red and blue costume. Which makes it really hard to make a superhero or a Superman thing. Yeah. Because, like, flying is kind of, like, the main thing. But if you think thing. about it, the one that was eventually made with um, Henry Cavill, that's kind of the beginning of that movie. Like, the, he doesn't, like, start flying and wearing the costume until, like, three quarters of the way into the movie. The whole, like, first part is him just, like, being sad and working yeah, on a fishing sad. boat and I don't think I've ever heard somebody normal. call him Henry Cavill before. <laughs> I don't even know. Is that wrong? Is it Cavill? Cavill, yeah. Is it Cavill? I yeah. like Cavill. <laughs> like, like it rhymes like with Cruella, Cruella Deville. Deville. Yeah. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill. <laughs> um, yep. So I can't read, but anyway, uh, yeah. So that is the 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 cameo of Superman in um, the newest Flash movie. If you were just gonna see it for Nicolas Cage, just look up the scene on YouTube, probably. Yeah, I feel like I've actually seen pictures of it, and that's all. I that's need. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I think in an interview he even said, "If you blink, you'll miss it." <laughs> and I was like, "He's not wrong." I don't even know like what. Did he have to go in and shoot anything for that? I don't know. I assume so. I feel like you could just use one of the TikTok apps that animates pictures. Honestly, I think that a deep fake would have looked better than this because I hate the the CGI things. Oh, me too. De-aging things always look so bad. They look so weird. And the CGI in the flash is terrible. Like... They had such a budget. Why? I don't know, but there's, like, the scene at the beginning when the Flash has to save all these babies from this hospital. The CGI is so bad that I was like, did they not finish it? Like, I saw clips of it before the movie came out, and people were like, this has to be a joke. And t'was not. <laughs> t'was real. Um, but, good news, I think that the F- um, special effects CGI folks that make superhero movies... Just announced that they're trying to unionize. Um, and good for them. That's good. Because they get treated and paid horribly. And then we get shitty CGI. Because nobody respects them. So. We're on your side. Um, yeah. So that's uh, Superman Nicolas Cage. Hooray. Yay. One of the three roles he said he always wanted to play. And now he's sort of played it twice. Yeah. So I think that makes one whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it counts. Um, Which means so, all he has left is Captain Nemo. Right. Right. When are we going to get that movie? Probably never, but... Well, we'll see. <laughs> In my heart. Um, yeah, so next up, uh, new release. We're going to watch uh, Sympathy for the Devil, and yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We're very excited. It is streaming, and it's not as much as we thought it would be to rent, so we're going to go ahead and do that one right away. So, uh, check us out next time, and uh, stay cagey. Bye! Take your time, we tell it!